Welcome to Move Forth with Grace. I'm so glad you're here to immerse yourself into God's Word and to open your heart to His lessons today so that the wisdom of God can move through you and into the lives of those around you and continue in generations to come. Welcome, welcome. Today's podcast is brought to you by Neverbands. These are medical freedom bracelets I created for adults and children. I teamed with a medical ID jewelry company in Texas so that you can equip yourself and your family against the unethical enforcement of the experimental COVID-19 injection or any future injections, no matter what situation you find yourselves in. By wearing these, we can band together to preserve our medical freedom. Get yours today at www.neverbands.shop. It is also brought to you by the Move Forth brand. On my website, you can find tips on freedom, health and grace, and merchandise for you and your family. My website is www.move-forth.com. I'm reading from the Founder's Bible. It is a New American Standard Bible, and it includes historical documents from the Founder's era. It truly is a treasure. I highly recommend one for your home. And you can find one at www.foundersbible.com. I'm also following the five-day Bible reading plan. You can download a a copy if you would like to do so. And then you can find that at www.5daybiblereading.com. Well, today is day 127. We are in the midpoint week of reading the Bible in a year. I'm still just like, wow, that is amazing. And so if this is your first time here and you just clicked on episode 127, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And if you have been here since the beginning and if you are sharing this with people, thank you so much. Keep doing that. Uh, the, The most important thing to take away from this podcast is just to get into God's word. I mean, seriously, because it is life giving, life changing, transformational. It's amazing. So you can absolutely, if this is your first day, you can continue from here, go to the end of the year, and then just pick up every episode before now and finish that way. Or you can absolutely stop this episode right here and go to the day one episode since you're feeling motivated and today can be your day one in reading the Bible in a year. Either way, it's all good. It's just wonderful that you're here. All right, so today we're going to be reading... 1 Kings 7, 2 Chronicles 4, Psalm 44, and 1 Timothy 2. 1 Kings 7, Solomon's Palace. Now Solomon was building his own house 13 years, and he finished all his house. He built the house of the forest, excuse me, he built the house of the forest of Lebanon. Its length was 100 cubits, and its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits, on four rows of cedar pillars, with cedar beams on the pillars. It was paneled with cedar above the side chambers, which were on the 45 pillars, 15 in each row. There were artistic window frames in three rows, and window was opposite window in three ranks. All the doorways and doorposts had squared artistic frames, and window was opposite window in three ranks. Then he made the hall of pillars. Its length was 50 cubits and its width 30 cubits, and a porch was in front of them and pillars and a threshold in front of them. He made the hall of the throne where he was to judge, the hall of judgment, and it was paneled with cedar from floor to floor. His house where he was to live, the other court inward from the hall, was of the same workmanship. He also made a house like this hall for Pharaoh's daughter, whom Solomon had married. 
All these were of costly stones, of stone cut according to measure, sawed with saws, inside and outside, even from the foundation, to the coping, and so on the inside, to the great court. The foundation was of costly stones, even large stones, stones of ten cubits and stones of eight cubits. And above were costly stones, stone cut according to measure, and cedar. So the great court all around had three rows of cut stone and a row of cedar beams, even as the inner court of the house of the Lord and the porch of the house. Hiram's work in the temple. Now King Solomon sent and brought Hiram from Tyre. He was a widow's son from the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a worker in bronze, and he was filled with wisdom and understanding and skill for doing any work in bronze. So he came to King Solomon and performed all his work. He fashioned the two pillars of bronze, 18 cubits with the height of one pillar, and a line of 12 cubits measured the circumference of both. He also made two capitals of molten bronze to set on the tops of the pillars. The height of the one capital was five cubits, and the height of the other capital was five cubits. There were nets of network and twisted threads of chain work for the capitals, which were on the top of the pillars, seven for the one capital and seven for the other capital. So he made the pillars and two rows around on the one network to cover the capitals, which were on the top of the pomegranates, and so he did for the other capital. The capitals, which were on the top of the pillars in the porch, were of lily design, four cubits. There were capitals on the two pillars, even above and close to the rounded projection, which was beside the network, and the pomegranates numbered 200 in rows around both capitals. Thus, he set up the pillars at the porch of the nave, and he set up the right pillar and named it Jachin, and he set up the left pillar and named it Boaz. On the top of the pillars was lily design, so the work of the pillars was finished. Now he made the sea of cast metal, ten cubits, from brim to brim, circular in form, and its height was five cubits, and thirty cubits in circumference. Under its brim, gourds went around, encircling it, ten to a cubit, completely surrounding the sea. The gourds were in two rows, cast with the rest. It stood on twelve oxen, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east, and the sea was set on top of them, and all their rear parts turned inward. It was a handbreadth thick, and its brim was made like the brim of a cup, as a lily blossom. It could hold two thousand baths. Then he made the ten stands of bronze. The length of each stand was four cubits, and its width four cubits, and its height three cubits. This was the design of the stands. They had borders, even borders between the frames, and on the borders which were between the frames were lions, oxen, and cherubim. And on the frames there was a pedestal above, and beneath the lions and oxen were wreaths of hanging work. Now each stand had four bronze wheels with bronze axles, and its four feet had supports. Beneath the basin were cast supports with wreaths at each side. Its opening inside the crown at the top was a cubit, and its opening was round like the design of a pedestal, a cubit and a half, and also on its opening there were engravings, and their borders were square, not round. The four wheels were underneath the borders, and the axles of the wheels were on the stand, and the height of a wheel was a cubit and a half. The workmanship of the wheels was like the workmanship of a chariot wheel. Their axles, their rims, their spokes, and their hubs were all cast. Now, there were four supports at the four corners of each stand. Its supports were part of the stand itself. 
On the top of the stand, there was a circular form, half a cubit high, and on the top of the stand, its stays and its borders were part of it. He engraved on the plates of its stays and on its borders cherubims, cherubim, lions, and palm trees, according to the clear space on each, with wreaths all around. He made the ten stands like this. All of them had one casting, one measure, and one form. He made ten basins of bronze. One basin held forty baths. Each basin was four cubits, and on each of the ten stands was one basin. Then he set the stands five on the right side of the house and five on the left side of the house, and he set the sea of cast metal on the right side of the house eastward toward the south. Now Hiram made the basins and the shovels and the bowls, so Hiram finished doing all the work which he performed for King Solomon in the house of the Lord. The two pillars and the two bowls of the capitals, which were on the top of the two pillars, and the two networks to cover the two bowls of the capitals, which were on the top of the pillars, and the four hundred pomegranates for the two networks, two rows of pomegranates for each network, to cover the two bowls of the capitals, which were on the tops of the pillars, and the ten stands with the ten basins on the stands, and the one sea and the twelve oxen under the sea, and the pails and the shovels and the bowls, even all these utensils which Hiram made for King Solomon in his house of the Lord were of polished bronze. In the plain of the Jordan, the king cast them in the clay ground between Succoth and Zerathon. Solomon left all the utensils unweighed because there were too many. The weight of the bronze could not be ascertained. Solomon made all the furniture which was in the house of the Lord, the golden altar and the golden table, which was the bread of the presence. And the lamp stands, five on the right side and five on the left, in front of the inner sanctuary of pure gold, and the flowers and the lamps and the tongs of gold, and the cups and the snuffers and the bowls and the spoons and the firepans of pure gold, and the hinges both for the doors of the inner house, the most holy place, and for the doors of the house, that is, of the nave of gold. Thus all the work that King Solomon performed in the house of the Lord was finished, and Solomon brought in the things dedicated by his father David, the silver and the gold and the utensils, and he put them in the treasuries of the house of the Lord. Second Chronicles 4, Furnishings of the Temple When he made a bronze altar, 20 cubits in length and 20 cubits in width and 10 cubits in height, also he made the cast metal seat ten cubits from brim to brim, circular in form, and its height was five cubits and its circumference thirty cubits. Now figures like oxen were under it and all around it, ten cubits entirely encircling the sea. The oxen were in two rows cast in one piece. It stood on twelve oxen, three facing the north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east, and the sea was set on top of them and all their hind quarters turned inwards. It was a handbreadth thick, and its brim was made like the brim of a cup, like a lily blossom. It could hold three thousand baths. He also made ten basins in which to wash, and he set five on the right side and five on the left, to rinse things for the burnt offering. But the sea was for the priests to wash in. Then he made the ten golden lampstands in the way prescribed for them, and he set them in the temple, five on the right side and five on the left, he also made ten tables and placed them in the temple, five on the right side and five on the left, and he made one hundred golden bowls. 
Then he made the court of the priests and the great court and doors for the court and overlaid their doors with bronze. He set the sea on the right side of the house toward the southeast. Hiram had Hiram also made the pails, the shovels, and the bowls. So Hiram finished doing the work which he performed for King Solomon in the house of God. The two pillars, the bowls, and the two capitals on top of the pillars, and the two networks to cover the two bowls of the capitals which were on top of the pillars, and the 400 pomegranates for the two networks, two rows of pomegranates for each network to cover the two bowls of the capitals which were on the pillars. He also made the stands, and he made the basins on the stands, and the one sea with the twelve oxen under it. The pails, the shovels, the forks, and all its utensils, Hiramabai made of polished bronze for King Solomon for the house of the Lord. On the plain of the Jordan, the king cast them in the clay ground between Succoth and Zerida. Thus Solomon made all these utensils in great quantities, for the weight of the bronze could not be found out. Solomon also made all things that were in the house of God, even the golden altar, the tables, and the bread of the presence on them, the lampstands with their lamps of pure gold, to burn in front of the inner sanctuary in the way prescribed, the flowers, the lamps, and the tongs of gold, of purest gold, and the snuffers, the bowls, the spoons, and the firepans of pure gold, and the entrance of the house, its inner doors, for the holy of holies, and the doors of the house, that is, of the nave of gold." Psalm 44, Former Deliverances and Present Troubles, for the choir director, a mesquil of the sons of Korah. O God, we have heard with our ears, our fathers have told us, the work that you did in their days, in the days of old. You with your own hand drove out the nations, then you planted them. You afflicted the peoples, then you spread them abroad. For by their own sword they did not possess the land, and their own arm did not save them. But your right hand and your arm and the light of your presence, for you favored them. You are my king, O God. Command victories for Jacob. Through you we will push back our adversaries. Through your name we will trample down those who rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, nor will my sword save me. But you have saved us from our adversaries, and you have put to shame those who hate us. In God we have boasted all day long, and we will give thanks to your name forever. Yet you have rejected us and brought us to dishonor, and do not go out with our armies. You cause us to turn back from the adversary, and those who hate us have taken spoil for themselves. You give us a sheep to be eaten, and have scattered us among the nations. You sell your people cheaply, and have not profited by their sale. You make us a reproach to our neighbors and scoffing and a derision to those around us. You make us a byword among the nations, a laughing stock among the peoples. All day long my dishonor is before me, and my humiliation has overwhelmed me. Because of the voice of him who reproaches and reviles, because of the presence of the enemy and the avenger, all this has come upon us, but we have not forgotten you, and we have not dealt falsely with your covenant." Our heart has not turned back, and our steps have not deviated from your way. Yet you have crushed us in a place of jackals, and covered us with the shadow of death. If we had forgotten the name of our God, or extended our hands to a strange God, would not God find this out? 
for he knows the secrets of the heart. But for your sake we are killed all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Arouse yourself. Why do you sleep, O Lord? Awake. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our affliction and our oppression? For our soul has sunk down into the dust. Our body cleaves to the earth. Rise up, be our help, and redeem us for the sake of your loving kindness. First Timothy 2, A Call to Prayer First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in the godliness and in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For where is one God and one mediator also between God and men? the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying, as a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath and dissension. Women Instructed Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modest, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women making claim to godliness. A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness, but I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. For it was Adam who first who was first created, and then Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. But women will be pres- preserved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. And those were our readings today. And this... Um, passage right here where women are instructed in first Timothy um, has been one of controversy. And um, I've looked at various um, commentaries, uh, viewpoints on this as I have begun um, this journey. And uh, I really appreciate what Mike Winger has said about this and also Dale Partridge and um, what really, uh, what I appreciate about this and can understand and not be offended by first Timothy nine through 15 here, um, is that both men and women were created equally and in the image of God and what Dale Partridge and his wife said, um, in, in their interpretation is that in the time of church, like when you have men leading in church and, and ministering, it is a place where women can practice self-control, right? And so there are times when women want to speak out, when we, we want to say, but wait a minute, hold on. But um, God created families first and foremost, and for 
that that were was where kind of the ways of the world was begun in the family and it's important for us to remember that aspect and so basically what Dale Partridge was saying is that um if women can just you know practice self-control during that time of the of the church of the ministering in the church by the man um and also when it says to ask your husband at home wives are to ask their husbands well let's think about this for a moment if women started asking their husbands like we were instructed to do about questions in the bible then that keeps the man wanting to know the answer it keeps him seeking god which that is his role it's his role to protect and to provide for the family and to um be the in a a type of god right like to to emulate god's love excuse me not a type of god but sorry that's not what i mean but to to model god's love and protection and if we could just take a step back and just think about that in the in that context it's i i feel it's a it's a lovely plan and it um really is a way for married couples to complement each other and for a woman to encourage her husband to stay in God's word and y'all i i we need that <laughs> we need that now more than ever because um our men are are you know they're 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 going through a rough time so I, I really appreciate that interpretation. I, you know, I've been thinking about that recently and I just wanted to, I just wanted to provide that here. And again, this is not trying to debate or, or cause a, a, a problem, but I just, I do appreciate that viewpoint. And if that means that women can be supportive of their husbands to, um, you know, remain in that role in that fatherly role that we th- that they were created for, then I, I support that. I truly do. And um, it gives mothers and women a way to shine and represent that role, the nurturing role in the family. So I said it. I talked about it. So anyway, um, okay. So let's go ahead and say a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for lessons and teachings that create thought and create discussions and create times where we can, um, you know, look into things, to pray about things to you, to try to understand, to, to really seek your understanding. And we appreciate the times where we truly can understand your incredible design. And Protecting and preserving the family is an incredible and beautiful design. And, and we truly, well, I, I, I truly appreciate that. And it is a, a wonderful foundation. It shows how we can complement each other and to work together to um, raise children 
in in your way, <laughs> which you know way better than we do. So I just ask that you please be with all of us as we navigate uh, controversial topics and so that we can just um, be respectful of each other, that there can be less anger, Lord. We, we pray for less anger in our hearts over these controversial topics, and, and we pray for more understanding, more healing. Um, we pray for um, wisdom, and we pray for peace concerning the controversial topics. I say this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining in the second half. If this is you, that's awesome. Lots to learn here in this beautiful book. Lots to discover. Lots to reflect on. Lots to take responsibility for. It's a profound book. I look forward to being with you in the next episode. Take care.